There's a whole cottage industry online based around funneling people towards a specific piece of content. On the more shady side of the equation, you have the various Facebook message crawlers who will hit you up with offers of selling you likes and comments and subscriptions and page views. On the more respectable side of the industry, you'll have various tutorials on how to optimize your YouTube videos and how to get the biggest amount of subscriptions to your uh, email newsletter and how to essentially amass the biggest amount of followers. And it's a completely understandable side of the internet. It's a completely understandable side of being a creative person. If you make something and if you put a lot of effort into it, you want to get the biggest amount of eyes and ears on it. But today I am here to rant a bit about the blessings of a small audience when you're starting out as a content creator. Hi, my name is Mike Jesus Langer. I am a short story writer on the internet, and this is Broadcast from Prague 13, my podcast about writing and occasionally other stuff. So if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you are familiar with my writing, either from uh, the YouTube narrations that I produce myself on my channel, Mike Jesus Langer, if you want to go check them out, or by one of the uh, big YouTube narrators that has read my work on their YouTube channel or their Spotify, or, you know, however these things work. But all of the stories that I've released over the past two years uh, always started off as text stories on the subreddit r slash nosleep. Now, nosleep is a sub-community in the much bigger website of Reddit. And it's a sub-community, but it still is pretty big. Uh, it has about 6 million members and about 60 to 80,000 daily users. And it's a corner of the internet where people post short pulp horror stories uh, under the guise of them being real. So there's generally an agreement within the community uh, that whatever you post has to be believable enough for the reader to believe that they are reading a real account of something spooky that happened. And No Sleep is where I got my start. No Sleep is still where I'm somewhat active. And when I was starting out with writing, it was always really interesting to look at what other writers were doing. So there would be, you know, other people who were in the similar skill category, uh, whose work I liked, and who I would see every once in a while whenever I posted, either from them commenting on my story or from seeing one of their stories pop up in my newsfeed. And there has been this thing that has happened with five different writers who I really, really liked. And uh, I would presume that those five are uh, a part of the rule rather than an exception to it. And I have found that early on, you know, when in the first three months of starting to write, any of these writers who I really enjoyed, who ended up having like a big hit story on their hands, something that gets read by 5,000 or 6,000 people, something that breaks out of the no sleep community and gets blasted out to the general internet. I found that the people who met this really, really strong success usually wrote one or two more stories that didn't do as well, and then just stopped writing. And it was always this mixed feeling for me whenever I would see big success among my peers, where there definitely was a part of me that was like, oh man, why can't I get that many reads? But also once I started noticing this trend of like people just quitting after one big splash, two more feelings came up. The first one 
being, oh no, this writer that I like just did really well, I hope they don't quit. And the second one being like, ah oh, man, one day I'm gonna get a story that a bunch of people are gonna read, hopefully. Uh, I hope I don't quit after that, because this seems to be happening all the time. I would get smaller stories that were fairly successful, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months. And when that big rush of success came in, when, you know, I went to, I posted a story, I went to sleep, and then in the morning I woke up and it had like 3,000 reads, I kind of understood where those other writers were coming from. Because this big mass of people coming out of nowhere and subscribing and following and uh, being like, hey, I'm looking forward to what you write next, can be really intimidating. Because all of a sudden, you go from your original audience, which is no one, or maybe 20 people, or maybe 40 people, and as soon as there's this big jump, you're like, ah, shit, I gotta impress more people now, or I gotta satisfy more people. And at least I presume this is what happened to, to those other five writers. Um, and I have tried contacting a handful of them, being like, hey, I really enjoyed your writing, when is there gonna be more? But uh, I have a feeling that those sort of messages might just be adding to the pressure of writing. And I think that is something that pops up when there is unprecedented growth within your audience, when there's this big bump. So there is this aspect of creativity that I think functions so much better when you are performing for a small audience, especially if you're starting out, because if no one is watching and you're trying out a new art form or, you know, an old art form that you've gotten kind of rusty at, or when you're just trying to make something and you're not 100% confident in what you are making, I think having a small audience is the optimal way to go because if you are just learning how to do something, it is basically certain that you will go through a multitude of failures uh, until you get to a point where you are good at doing it and then you will continue to fail because that's just how life works. But I would rather fail in front of a small group of people than disappoint a bigger crowd. I think this rush towards getting the biggest audience possible and I find that a lot of these, uh, especially YouTube tutorials talking about subscribers and views and likes and all that sort of stuff, they talk about growing an audience as if it's a really simple thing where you just gotta show up every day and the audience will automatically grow and if you use the right tags, if you use the right descriptions, if you use the right thumbnails, um, you will get a thousand subscribers in no time. Or at least that seems to be the vibe that a lot of these tutorials give to me, which uh, I don't think is the healthiest way of, of looking at creativity. Partially because, yes, there, there are things that you can do within the field of uh, the online algorithm. I'm more familiar with like how YouTube works, but I would presume this applies to literally any parts of the online marketplace right now where there's so much content and it has to be organized by a non-human force. It has to be organized by an algorithm. So there are ways to game it. But if you're focusing more on gaming the algorithm than the actual content that you're putting out, you're not going to keep that audience. But also, 
growing faster than what your comfort zone with the amount of people that you're talking to is, I think can be really unhealthy and can uh, can choke you up when you're trying to make stuff. And I think that one of the most important things in creating stuff is being able to be with your work alone. Because when you're creating something, uh, when you're halfway done with a project, there's still half of that project left. And I think you need to get comfortable with being with your work alone before you present it to a large group of people. And I think starting out small, kind of getting a smaller audience and then progressing from there is a much smoother climb than just rocketing up towards mass consumption. If I may indulge in two examples, uh, the first one being something that I might have possibly talked about on the podcast before, but in terms of the early days of my work, uh, I would occasionally get a text story here, here or there that would uh, you know, get a couple thousand reads, but the grand majority of everything that I wrote for the first, I don't know, six months uh, would levitate somewhere between 10 and 50 reads. So not very much <laughs> in, in comparison to other stories that would be getting 3,000, 5,000 reads, where essentially on No Sleep, uh, every day there is two or three stories that do really break the mold and then it all just kind of keeps on going down to the grand majority of the stories hovering somewhere between the zero and 20 reads territory. And there is a level of personal pride that makes it a lot easier to get motivated and write even now as, as I have a significantly bigger audience than I had before because if I find myself struggling with a piece I just kind of think back and I'm like, oh yeah, hey, remember when you wrote that series that like 20 people read? Uh, it's better than, the thing that you're working on now is better than that. It's better than Neon Man. Um, so there is a point in finishing it. Like, you, you wouldn't want to live in a world where you didn't finish that one thing that not that many people saw. I've never found myself in a position where I would say like, oh yeah, I wish I never finished that piece. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's a handful of stories that uh, I'm not particularly proud of that I haven't done audio versions of, uh, but if push ever comes to shove, I will, because there is this whole YouTube algorithm pipeline where it does require me to post up new stories twice a week. So who knows, maybe we'll get to them eventually. But being able to look back at my personal past as a creative person and say, oh, I did this thing that maybe wasn't as good or wasn't able to be seen by as many people or wasn't as polished. Being able to have that background in uh, my creative history makes it a lot easier for me to get over feelings of doubt, writer's block, anything of that nature, whenever I find myself not as confident uh, uh, as a writer as I would like to be, I can always look back at the earlier times of, of my online career and be like, oh yeah, well, dude, things are hard right now, but they were significantly harder a year ago and you still managed, you're still the same person, keep on going, you go, dude. So, so that's, that, that, that's always a nice little fire to warm myself by. And... 
I think that I would be considerably more nervous if, if immediately as soon as I started posting stuff, uh, the stories would do well. Now, there's also a second example of why I think a small audience can be beneficial to a growing creator. And that second example kind of breaks the fourth wall because the second example is this podcast, Broadcast from Prog 13. And uh, on my main YouTube channel, I have an audience currently of about 2,100 subscribers. And that number grows every time we post up a new story or a re-release of an old story. And I am comfortable having as many eyes on my writing as I can get, because it's something that I've been doing for a long time. I am a decent writer, and uh, whether people like or dislike my writing is not something that keeps me up at night, because, you know, from the past year, there's clearly enough people who enjoy it for me to keep on doing it, even if it's just for them. But if you've watched my social media, which I know we all do like hawks. Um, I don't really talk about this podcast. I don't promote it. Uh, I don't really mention it anywhere. And that's because, like, I prefer this being small. Like, I, I like this idea of me talking into a microphone for maybe 25-ish people on a weekly basis. I think on, on Spotify, we have about 15 regular, regular listeners and on the YouTube version of this podcast, uh, where the episodes come out a week late, uh, there's usually somewhere in the ballpark of like seven or eight views. Um, and that's the way that I want the podcast to be. When I, when I first started doing these podcasts, um, I was posting up the episodes on my main channel, where significantly more people would, uh, would hear them, somewhere in the ballpark of about 80 to 100 views. I haven't checked on the viewership lately. Um, and that was considerably more stressful because the whole setup of this podcast is me talking into a microphone in, in my bedroom uh, with very little preparation. And that's what I want this to be. I want to be able to look back at these recordings in 20 years and be like, oh, that's what I was like when I was 27. It is something that I am partially doing just for myself, but also... Hey, if you like listening to these things, I will happily have you. But I have kind of shied away from from promoting this. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to keep on doing unless I have like an episode that I really, really think people should listen to. But I look at this podcast more as a place where I can kind of stretch out ideas, figure out what I think about a certain topic by talking about it for an extended period of time. And if I do stumble upon something that I think is worthy of being projected to a larger audience, I'll just make a video about it. Because <laughs> videos get more views than podcasts. Um, but not having that many eyes on me has made me considerably calmer when, when I record these things. I'm not stressing out about how the finished product is going to look like. Because I know the finished product is just going to be seen by a handful of people. And I hope you enjoy this. Uh, but your enjoyment of these recordings is not something that is strongly related to whether I will keep on doing them. Um, <laughs> what a weird thing to say to your audience. <laughs> um, but it is... I, I think 
working on small projects for small amounts of people is a great way to get kind of comfortable with, you know, putting yourself out there and committing to some sort of a projection of, of who you are to the outside world, be it through spoken word like this or through art uh, in any shape or form. Um, with that said, there, there always are things that I would like to do with this podcast in the future. Uh, I think <laughs> moving moving past just me speaking to a microphone would be a really cool way to, to up the quality of this podcast. Uh, but right now, with the whole COVID situation, I don't think there's a lot of interviews that uh, I could organize or that I would be comfortable organizing uh, purely because uh, the vaccination effort here has been really slow. <laughs> and um, I would prefer to you know, regularly meet with people once uh, we can be sure that we're not harming anybody by doing so. I also uh, am crashing with my older parents and they have gotten their first shot of vaccination, but I would hate to be responsible for them dying prematurely. But yeah, so so that's 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 my little ramble on, on audience sizes. Um, I hope this has been somewhat beneficial to you and I hope that you have enjoyed the company that I've given you uh, in your ears over you washing dishes or mowing the lawn or walking around in the forest and um, I sincerely hope that you're having a great day and if you are thinking of working on anything creative and putting it out there into the world what I would suggest is aim for a small audience to begin with so you can establish your comfort zone so you can kind of get a feel for what it's like to share parts of yourself with other people and only then start working on reaching the broadest audience because it is something that I have seen before it's it's something where I have felt the stress big jumps in the amount of people who are indulging in in whatever you are creating um it's not, it's not necessarily a just bad feeling. Like, it feels good when a story all of a sudden reaches more people than, than it usually does. But it is an overwhelming feeling. It, it is an overwhelming feeling to suddenly move past the norms of your art and, and have more people respond to it. And I don't... <laughs> think that's that's talked enough about in these creator spheres that if everything that you create opens up another set of doors uh, and and uh, is is constantly expanding your audience that can be really overwhelming if you don't have full confidence in what you are doing and and I mean, not, now I'm just summarizing uh, what this whole podcast is about, I guess, which is there's there's a lot of like head game stuff that you have to figure out throughout creating anything. Um, there's there's a lot of ways that you have to battle your inner demons in terms of confidence, in terms of inspiration, in terms of where you're willing to make concessions in your art. And I think all of these early lessons are better learned in 
a smaller room with less people watching you. Anywho, thank you for coming to my small room and watching me. Uh, my name is Mike Jesus Langer. If you'd be interested in hearing some of my narrated stories, you can find them at Mike Jesus Langer on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike J Langer, and you can check out written versions of my stories at MJL Presents uh, on Reddit. So yeah, hope you're having a good day, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>